The Soccer Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Claim your risk free bet up to $500 over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash betrivers. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash betrivers. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. Winner takes all on Champions League. Match day five, lose and United are out. Win and qualification hopes are still very much alive. Tomine was driving from midfield again. Now Anthony, a little give and go perhaps. Fernandez gets it through towards Hoyland. Fernandez is a chance for Garnacho. Four days from heaven. Garnacho with one of the goals of a career at Everton on Sunday. And then on Wednesday night, he sticks it in the roof of the net. Here is Bruno Fernandez. It's opened up for him. He goes for goal. Oh, amazing. What a hit from the skipper. Unbelievable strike from Bruno Fernandes. Spoke about getting in those areas, in and around the box, and nothing in his mind apart from turning and driving down on goal, getting a shot away. And it's superb. It's an unbelievable strike. It is Hakim Ziyech who takes it. Oh, it's gone through the wall and into the net. And hope for Galatasaray. Hakim Ziyech. Zaka's in space down the right hand side. Anthony, this is Juan Bazaka, three to aim at in the centre. Fantastic! Critical goal. Scott McTominay, who always comes up with the goods, makes Aaron Wambisaka's mind up by just being there across the near post. And it's a nightmare for a goalkeeper. It's a great finish from Scott McTominay. See it with the ball. Oh, it's forced through. It's gone through Anana again. This time for free kick from the right wing. I am. Played in midfield at Old Trafford. In that, what was another 3 2? Dangerous ball back. Oh, it's flown in. Akta Koglu thrashes it home. A fantastic hit, and Manchester United have been pegged back again. Apologies right off the bat for the unenthusiastic commentators. I don't like the Man United official commentators, they're not enthusiastic enough. When Bruno Fernandes smashed that second one to the top corner, it was the same reaction for me as Garnacha's goal on Saturday. But this guy almost had no reaction. So I had no choice. The other clips for this were far, far too long. I would have got people complaining. Oh, why didn't you start the show? Why didn't you start the show? Why did you start the show after eight minutes or whatever? So, yeah, I, um, I picked the shortest version, but it was unfortunately the least enthusiastic version in what was probably the game of the season. Unfortunately, I don't want to be involved in games of the season. I want to be well in the Champions League and well in with a chance of staying in the Champions League and just winning games and not having a comedy goalkeeper. But we'll talk more about that in a second. You are, of course, listening to Bet MUFC here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow BetMUFC on X at BetMUFC. That's at BetMUFC. The Soccer Gambling Podcast at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. You can also follow Sports Gambling Podcast Network at the SGP Network. 
That's at the SGP Network or at Gambling Podcast. That's at Gambling Podcast. Just follow all these accounts and also follow my other X account as well. That one is at LockBettingX. That's at LockBettingX. That is where I have delivered 126, as of December the 1st, 126 months in a row of transparent and track profit. I haven't had a losing month in sports betting for over a decade. I've had losing days, yeah, I've had um, losing weeks. I've just never had a sustained period of losing. I've never lost over a 30 or 31 day period. I had 126 straight winning months, all tracked and transparent. On this account, I post my monthly spreadsheet. The pin tweet is always the PL from the previous month. Um, I don't change um, spreadsheets at the weekend. It's too busy. So at the moment, you still see the month of October. But in a few days, you'll be able to see the month of November, which was the 126 month in a row of transparent track profit. If you want to look for all my previous spreadsheets, don't need to scroll down the X account and take all that time. You can simply go to the website, lockbetting.com, where they're all stored neatly in a nice, neat section. Um, when you look through my spreadsheets and do that due diligence, what I encourage you to do, by the way, um, have a look at the type of bets we do. Um, we don't chase losers with bigger with bigger stakes. You won't find five unit plays on there, ten unit plays, twenty unit plays, whale plays, max plays, play of the year stuff, all that monopoly money garbage that you do find on X from these guys that aren't really betting and aren't really winning. But we make real bets, we stake real stakes, and we manage a bankroll which makes betting accessible for anybody with a disposable income. If you don't have a disposable income, don't gamble. It's not going to get you out of debt. It's not going to be the way you get to that holiday. But if you want to have fun investing in sports, which is what I say, not gambling in sports, investing in sports, and you want to make that extra bit of money and you want to enjoy this hobby more and make gambling more fun, and winning is more fun, let's be honest, then you can head over to lockbetting.com. If you have questions, shoot me a DM at the X account I mentioned, at lockbettingx. That's at lockbettingx. So where do we start with this game? It looked initially like it was going to be an incredible European night, an incredible week, winning away to Everton off the back of the 10-point deduction and then coming here and winning at Galatasaray would have just been an incredible week for United, an incredible turnaround for Eric Ten Hag. Suddenly, the league position's not so bad. Suddenly, the Champions League position is not so bad. And looking ahead to a Bayern Munich game where... Bayern Munich laid a complete egg against Copenhagen and you can imagine they would put forth an even lesser effort at Old Trafford, not in front of their own supporters, well qualified as group winners and you can imagine Man United would have qualified from that position had they held on. Then Andre Anana happened and I can't defend him anymore. This wasn't down to Lindelof or Maguire or anybody in defence. In fact, Man United have looked much better, incredibly, since Luke Shaw's come into the team. Didn't know he would be such a difference maker. But the, 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 the blame lies solely at the feet of Andre Anana. And this has been the unanimous consensus across Man United YouTube channels and Man United accounts all across the board. Some of them are very much overreactive. Some of them aren't. Some of them are balanced. But now the unanimous consensus is that Andre Nana needs to be taken out of the team. And this comes during a week where he's talking about turning down a call-up from Cameroon to go to the African Nations. Fuck me, that was going to be our only respite. Like, just go. Like, Eric Ten Hag should be buying the plane ticket at this point because we need to see what Bayenda has to offer us in goal. We need to make that change and we need to make it now. I don't think this guy can navigate it through, navigate us through the Christmas period, which is going to be a tough period anyway. 
he doesn't have the concentration or he doesn't have the balls to play for Manchester United. We are not a team like Inter Milan who absolutely dominate games. And that obviously is on us because we do kind of still play this counter-punching style. We've obviously gone back to that. If you look at the way we've played against Everton and Galatasaray, there probably has been a, com- a conscious effort to not overcommit, to maybe put less focus on heavy pressing and to maybe make a more calculated press, which is probably the more intelligent thing to do. But it does mean that for the second season in a row, Eric Ten Hag isn't playing exactly the way he wants to play. But getting, him, getting this team playing exactly the way he wants to play is going to lead to him getting the sack. And keeping his goalkeeper in goal is also going to lead to him getting the sack. It's a shame because if you go across the board and calculate it, something I haven't done, the points tally that Manchester United would have and the points and the, and the total position that they would be in to qualify from the Champions League would be far better had they made the goalkeeping change or had Anana not made stupid mistakes in the first game against Galatasaray, the, um, the home game against Galatasaray, the first time we played him, or the first game against Bayern Munich. These mistakes have come back to bite us on the arse. And now we're in an almost impossible position of qualifying where we need to beat Bayern Munich and we need the other game to be a draw. There is no other result. Any winner will go through in second place because they both start above us. So the only way we can qualify is by winning our game and hoping for a draw in the other game, which isn't beyond the realm of possibility because the first game they played out was a draw. Um, I don't think Galatasaray will be favourites, in my opinion, to go to Copenhagen and win. Copenhagen have beaten Man United. Copenhagen have given Bayern Munich a game twice. They should have beaten them at home and ended up losing 2-1, relinquishing a 1-0 lead late on. And then obviously um, had better chances to beat Bayern Munich away from home because Bayern Munich did lay an egg in that game, did look like they were bothered. They were going for, well, they were looking to maintain their group stage record of having a 100% record for the third season in a row and really should have got it. They really should have beaten Copenhagen. They really should have had a penalty at the end of the game, to be fair to them, which would have also been helpful to United because then we would have been in a position where had, um, had Copenhagen beaten Galatasaray and had Manchester United won, Man United would have moved ahead of Copenhagen on goal difference. But that is not the position. Well, depending on the results, if Man United's win had been better than Copenhagen's because there's nothing to separate Man United and Copenhagen in head-to-head. It will come down to goal difference. And Man United would have had a better goal difference than Copenhagen had Copenhagen not blasted Galatasaray out of the water. But it's all irrelevant mathematics now because that's not the position that Man United are in. We did blow it. It all falls on the lap of Anana. We conceded three goals and people are looking at our defensive record. Well, I'm sorry, as much as I don't think Maguire is a Man United player or Lindelof's not a Man United star, and as much as I would probably prefer to see Rafa Varane in the starting lineup, even though there have got to be question marks about his legs if Ten Hag's not playing him, um, you can't blame any of these players. Can't blame the midfield that don't support the back line. Can't look at Casemiro. Can't look at Onana. Can't look at Kobe, Manu. Can't look at any of these people. Can't look at anyone in midfield. Can't look at McTominay. Can't look at the forwards for not doing their job. They've, they've been very goal shy in the league, but we've scored the third amount, third most amount of goals in the Champions League. So can't look at them. Can't look at um, Alejandro Gonacho. Can't look at Rasmus Hoyland, who's actually or was going into this game the top goal scorer in the Champions League, which is crazy. Can't look at any of these people. Can't look at Rashford. We only can point the finger at Andre Onana at this juncture. I've now had enough. It's time to sit down and watch the game from the sidelines because um, he is solely responsible for what has happened to us in the Champions League. 
Before we move on to the game against Newcastle, which is going to be a very difficult game. Let's make no bones about it. Newcastle haven't had the season that they that they wanted to have so far. They've been very, very hit and miss. Huge wins, knocking Manchester United out of the Carabao Cup, beating PSG in the Champions League. Handing Arsenal their only loss this season at home, which means St. James's Park is a very difficult place to go. But they've had some very poor results as well, which is why they are in the league position that they're in. Before we cover that game, we're going to listen to Eric Ten Hag. But before we do that, let me let you know that we're brought to you by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers is available in over 14 states, plus Ontario, Canada. Bet Rivers has some of the best live markets in the space. Their betting menu is second to none, including a ton of props. Depositing and withdrawing is super easy on Bet Rivers as well. Sign up using our link to risk get a risk-free bet up to $500. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash betrivers. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash betrivers. Problem gambling? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-G-A-M-B-L-E-R. Hi, Eric. Hi. I hope you're okay. Um, yeah, very good. Thing. Can I ask you about Copy Mainu? Um, he came on uh, on Wednesday. What, what, as a manager, what, what things have you got to take into consideration before deciding whether to put an 18-year-old into the team? If he's ready or not, and he showed on Sunday that he was ready. And yeah, then we have to manage three games in six days, get the best results of all the games. And uh, we have more than 11 players, and we have good options there. I think Sufjan also showed uh, he was playing a very good game. Um, yeah, so we have to have the options, and then you manage the load of the players, and that it's about freshness as well. What, what do you, in particular do you like about him as a player? He's obviously very young. Um, he, so he's scanning, and it uh, it looks like he has always time, and because he's scanning, he's running free, then he's scanning um, to see the options and then make the right decisions. Um, he, he can delay. He can speed up, and so he makes the right decisions. Hi, um, I know you've talked a lot about Andre Anana, but since the game on Wednesday, his form has been analysed, it's been talked about. Are we being too harsh on Andre Anana? Pardon? Are we, are we analysing and talking about Andre Anana too much? Are we analysing his game too much? <sighs> If you, if you analyse it well, then you see he's the second best goalkeeper in the Premier League, uh, based on stats. Uh, so uh, his expected preventing goals is the second best in the Premier League. So yeah, he, he's doing well. But yeah, also, uh, and he knows that that in uh, Champions League uh, he makes some mistakes, uh, but. All over, if you see first five months, uh, he's doing particularly well. Is it difficult to gauge how good, how well Manchester United are playing at this moment, at the moment? Because you look at the Premier League form and it's fantastic, but then you have the Champions League frustrations. Is it frustrating for you because you know how good this team can be? So you, you say it's very good, uh, how good we play, and also on on the Wednesday. And we played very good. 
And also in Copenhagen, we played very good. And even in Bayern Munich, we played very good. And, but yeah, um, we have to do some things better. Um, so uh, eliminating individual errors and also things in defense transition, but we can sort this out. And I would be more concerned if we didn't play this uh, that well. Eric, you know Anana as well as anybody. Uh, how is his confidence after these quite high-profile mistakes that he's made? You know also, because you have seen uh, how he is reacting uh, on the bad performance like he did in after Munich. He was in Burnley, he was outstanding. So uh, he's a strong character, he's a personality, and he will deal with it. Yeah. Um, we've had the update uh, this morning about Malassia and coming back in the new year. Are you expecting any other of the injured players to return before the Munich game? Oh, I, oh, I don't think about the Munich game. Uh, first we go back into Premier League, but um, there are players on the way back, but uh, I can't say no prognose how long it will take. So there's no time, time frame on Mason Mount? Mason Mount is today returning on the pitch, but uh, I don't know how long it takes really, uh, when he will return. I can't say in this moment. Thank you. Uh, Vicky. Eric, um, in the last couple of games you played against Newcastle, um, you said they were very physical. Um, do you expect a similar game to that uh, when you play against them at St. James's Park? Um, I really respect them. Uh, it's um, a difficult team to play, but also uh, it's, uh, it's a good challenge. And so I, I like to play against them because the challenge, uh, we have to rise to the occasion. We know that we have to be on our best against them. Um, uh, because, as I say, the way they play, uh, yeah, I think it's very good organised. It's interesting what he said there about our performances in the Champions League. I would actually argue that barring the game that we won, we've played well in every Champions League game. We took it to Bayern Munich, ended up losing 4-3. Anana made mistakes again, but we started that game very, very well. It looked like we were ready for the Champions League. It looked like we were going to take it to Bayern Munich. In the game against Galatasaray, I was at that game. United had people on their feet supporting them and inspired. And Rasmus Hoyland arrived at Man United in that game. He's not really built on that performance, but that was a good performance. It was obviously ruined by the fact that Andre Anana made a, made a horrendous mistake at the back. Now, there were other people to blame for that. Diego Dallo's defending was appalling for the Saha goal, but... Still, it comes down to Anana actually losing the game. That could have been a crucial point for Man United, but it ended up being a defeat and it should never have been that because Galatasaray didn't do anything really to win that game other than being clinical with the chances that we gifted them. But um, yeah, that wasn't a terrible performance from Man United. Away to Copenhagen wasn't a bad performance. Away to Galatasaray wasn't a bad performance. Our worst performance was in our win. So that's crazy when you look at the Champions League like that. But there are some truths to what he's saying. Obviously, he's got to defend Unana. The, 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 the comment about him being statistically the second best goalkeeper is a little bit crazy and also um, doesn't say much about our defence, our actual defenders, if they are giving up that much XG and he's denying it. I'm not really a big fan of XG. I believe that it shows a lack of clinicality. But um, 
but yeah, I mean, he's going to say that. He's going to come out and defend his goalkeeper. Um, we'll move on to looking at the Newcastle game in a second. Before I do that, let me quickly tell you that Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside your favourite players all season long. NFL, NBA, NHL, college basketball and college football simply pick higher or lower on your favourite players' fantasy stats and cash in. So watch along, make your picks and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up with the promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit of up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy and the promo code SGPN. Let me also take this pause to tell you guys about Hall of Fame bets where you should stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame bets to craft more intelligent data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use the code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching and start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. So moving on to the trip to Newcastle, this is the late kickoff tonight, so plenty of time to listen and get involved with this game. Um, Weird kickoff time, Man United have been in this spot before. Um, This is probably because the overwhelming number of games that are being played on Sunday, and they've probably done us a favour and Newcastle a favour as we both played away in the Champions League that this wasn't the early kickoff. So they've put it at the other end of the day. And I prefer it. I'm not really a fan of the 12.30 kickoff, um, taking my son to tennis and then rushing out of the gym to try and get back for the 12.30 kickoff and then trying to get him to drama in between or trying to convince his mum to do it and then trying to catch up uh, or follow that game in the car whilst trying to produce my Saturday uh, early afternoon card for my clients. Yeah, don't like the 12.30 card. I prefer this 8 o'clock kickoff. United here come in as the 13 to 5 underdogs it's 13 to 5 also on the draw and Newcastle here are the even money favorites the price is understandable here Newcastle should be favorites to beat Man United because other than that cup final win for United thank God because we were able to score secure a trophy and be good on that day Newcastle have been better than us in all of the most recent previous meetings and uh, they come into this one off the back of beating us in the last meeting 3-0 at Old Trafford where they beat us with their second team and they were by far the better team. I'm not sure what version of Man United turn up here. What I'm pretty sure about is United may need to score three goals to win this game because despite what Tenog says, I don't trust Unana. I don't trust Unana in big games. Newcastle coming to this one, having won six of their seven home Premier League games this season. They were minutes away from winning away to PSG. Man United may have strung away some, strung together some away wins, but they've lost all four of their encounters with top half teams this season. So things do point to another defeat. Newcastle scored three times in a win at Old Trafford, which is one of four occasions across United's last seven that they've conceded three times. And this Newcastle team, they averaged 2.57 goals per home game by themselves. So... As I said, I think they will find a net two times here, which will leave Man United in the position where they need to score three goals to win this game. For my selection for this game, I'm going to take over two and a half goals. Don't see how we don't get three goals here. We got three goals in the game at Old Trafford. Man United lost this game last time out away to Newcastle last season by two goals to nil. So once again, Newcastle were good for their couple of goals. I do think Man United will contribute. I do think this attack is now in sync a little bit more. It's only a matter of time before Hoyland scores his first goal. Rashford's back and we know the form Garnacho's in at the moment. So I do think United will contribute towards the scoring. But I do double down on that statement. If they want to win this game, I don't trust the defence. I don't trust the goalkeeper. Newcastle score for fun at home. 
and we probably will need to score three goals to win this game. I think a little sprinkle on a 2-2 draw is probably the best case scenario for United. If we win this game, I will genuinely be very, very impressed. But I was impressed anyway by United winning last weekend away at Goodison Park. That's it for me and this edition of Bet MFC. Good luck with all of your bets as always and thanks for listening.